Welcome or welcome back, y'all, to another episode of You Are. It's your hosts, Summer and Zit, coming to you raw and direct, talking about some hard hitting topics that You Are students face. All right, y'all, let's dive in. Today we're going to be talking about the LGBTQ community on campus. Our guest today is Toby Klein, and I'll let them go ahead and introduce themselves. Thanks. Um, my name is Toby Klein. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I am a second year PhD student in the public policy program, uh, concentration in social justice. I originally uh, am from Chicago. I'm originally from Chicagoland. I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. Um, went to Indiana University for my undergrad. Spent three years there. Um, did two honors theses: one in Jewish studies and one in neuroscience. Um, now I am here at the University of Arkansas. I moved here in July of 2018 to do a master's in uh, community health promotion, where I studied access to reproductive uh, access to reproductive health care, um, reproductive justice, things like that. And now in my PhD, um, I focus on religious uh, freedom policies within the South, specifically looking at anti-Semitism in the South. You did it all. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the resume. It's full right now. They said, They said. so what do you do? And she says, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't mind, we know you're president of the Lavender Society. So yeah. could you uh, tell us about what Lavender Society is, what you guys do, like your mission and things of that sort? Yeah. So Lavender Society actually started in this building, which is Kimball. Um, it started in queer in a queer theory class taught by Ryan Calabretta Sager. And... Lavender Society uh, exists in a larger context outside the university. Here at the university, uh, Lavender Society is our LGBTQ plus graduation ceremony. Um, that is, or sorry, Lavender Lavender graduation is our LGBTQ plus ceremony, and Lavender Society is the RSO that we created to make sure that we could have a Lavender graduation. And Lavender graduation acknowledges that our LGBTQ students have a much different journey towards graduation, oftentimes than their cisgender and heteronormative counterparts. Um, we realize that there are not a lot of spaces where queer and LGBTQ plus students can feel celebrated. There's a lot of spaces where we'll say, oh, they're kind of tolerated, we're queer and we're here, kind of things like that. Um, but at the end of the day, we're not looking for passive inclusion. We're looking for active inclusion and we're looking for active spaces to celebrate. Can I swear on this podcast? Yes. Yeah. To celebrate the <laughs> fuck out of our LGBTQ <laughs> and queer students. Um, so Lavender Society is is really just that we are a space we are a group created to celebrate the fuck out of our LGBTQ plus students, yeah. including I'm not sure when this airs, um, but we have an event for Thanksgiving on the 23rd. Um, we are catering a dinner for our LGBTQ plus students, um, some faculty as well that will be joining us, because at the end of the day we know that not all of our students have the luxury of being able to go home to warm, loving, supportive families to celebrate an American tradition. Um, we'd hope that everyone would share American values of family and community and things like that. Um, but with our queer and LGBTQ plus students, some of them face risks of safety, risk to personal, physical, emotional um, safety going home. So we're creating a space of family that might be beyond blood and biology. I love that. That's ideal. And if you wouldn't mind, like... Sorry, I ramble. Circle back to anything that I forget. I'm like, my meds are just wearing off right now. I should have warned you. No, you're completely <laughs> fine. My next question, though, is, like, if you don't mind, do you mind, like, explaining to the audience, like, who falls under the LGBTQ plus community? And, like, what does that mean for people who uh, join your society? Yeah, so... 
Um, our group, so LGBTQIA+, so some some folks call it the alphabet mafia. I think Demi Lovato made that a uh, popular phrase. Um, I've never heard of it. Y'all never heard of it? Never I have. Alphabet mafia, yeah. So um, LGBTQ+, plus, LGBTQIA, there's a lot of different acronyms that we use to encompass someone that is part of our community and whoever is part of our community and people that are part of our community oftentimes don't identify with traditional gender or sexuality norms so for all intents and purposes i tell folks that if your uh, identity if your relationship or who you're or who you'd like to be in a relationship with or if you don't like to be in a relationship with um, falls outside of the traditional norm of heterosexual couples, so man and woman, um, cisgender man and woman, then you're likely part of our community. Now, one self-identity uh, is certainly different than a public identity, so someone may be LGBTQ+, and not want to have anything to do with lavender graduation. Someone may be part of the community and want to be really, really involved with it. And other folks may be on their journey towards understanding what their gender and sexuality is. Because a lot of our folks understand gender and sexuality as they come to college, right? As they understand more about themselves, more about their world, they may fall under that spectrum. And national statistics, na statistics, that's hard work. National <laughs> statistics show that about one in 10 uh, teenagers and young adults, so 18 to 20 boiled, which is our college, uh, traditional college audience, our traditional college student uh, population, about one in 10 identify as somewhere on the LGBTQ plus spectrum. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. That's nice that you remember that statistic as well. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel like the Laboratory Society has done for students on campus? And like, do you, how do you feel about the support that you've gained from faculty and staff? Yeah, um, that's a good one. I've cried at every single lavender uh, lavender graduation. We've held three at this point. Um, three, I think three. Two virtual. Mm, don't quote me on that. I can't remember. I I think there have been three. Let's say three. And I've cried at all of them. Um, be, most of most of it because our faculty, um, the ones that show up at least, are just so incredible. Um, Lavender Society, and specifically our graduation ceremony, extends beyond our students here. It extends to the community. We had someone who graduated in 1967 from college who reached out to us um, for our first graduation ceremony and wasn't able to attend our in-person ceremony, but said how much they wished that they'd had this when they were going through college at, mm -hmm. here at the University of Arkansas. So a former Razorback who graduated long before I was even alive wanted that space. And knowing that there are faculty, like our incredible mentor, uh, Dr. Calabretta Sager, who invests his time and energy into creating spaces for us, into people who uh, make room reservations for us. There, there's really an outpouring of love and support. Um, unfortunately, that's needed to combat a lot of what our students experience on a daily basis. Um, here in the state of Arkansas, here on campus, kind of everywhere existing in non-traditional, often, often marginalized skin. And I could only imagine, like, he's saying he graduated in 67, like, you're in Arkansas, you're in the South. During that time period, it's like, how could you even be comfortable then? And so the fact that you guys have this now makes them feel so much more comfortable. People will never forget their experiences when they're going through something like that. And, like, earlier you mentioned you was from Chicago, and I'm not good at geography. What's that, Midwest? Is that right? Midwest. Midwest. You're good. Okay, so how was, like, that transition, like, <laughs> being in the Midwest and then coming to the South and seeing how much of a big difference that is? 
I'm not gonna lie, it was a big difference. Um, I did go to undergrad in Indiana, and so that kind of prepared me a little bit for Southern life, but I never left campus when I was an undergrad. I was an RA, and so I stayed, I lived on campus my freshman year, then my next two years, I lived on campus too, and I didn't see the rest of the state of Indiana, which was probably great because the Klan is active there just the same way that it is here, unfortunately. Um, it It's challenging, right? So I, as, bisex, as an openly bisexual woman, um, experience more here than I, more uh, homophobia here than I ever did in Chicago. In Chicago, if I wanted to date a woman, there were lots of options. And here, there's not a lot of folks who feel safe um, even identifying publicly. Um, also, like, let's talk laws here. Like, in the state of Arkansas right now, it is it is illegal for a medical provider to provide uh, hormone therapy or anything supporting or anything supporting a medical transition for someone under the age of 18. Mm-hmm. So we know that suicide rates are higher among trans students, specifically those that cannot get access to their basic needs. Things like hormones that they prescribe to other kids for other reasons, mm-hmm. whether it's someone isn't growing right or, or, or someone's got a growth defect or, or something like that. We prescribe a lot of these medications pretty regularly. But when it comes to our trans students, they draw a line. They draw a line and they say, you are not allowed to make a healthcare decision. And Let's be real, like there are plenty of healthcare decisions in the state of Arkansas that you cannot make that you can make in other states. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not give, in my, the way that I frame it is, we do not give the bodily autonomy, the freedom to people to make an informed choice with their doctor about the best needs, about what their, what their needs are and what the best course of action is for them. So a big difference between Illinois um, and Arkansas is that in Illinois, there are protections for trans folks. Um, in Illinois, there are protections for LGBTQ plus folks. In Illinois, there's a hate crime law. In yeah. Arkansas, there's not. Yeah, there isn't. You could get hate crimed and they would do nothing about it. They can do absolutely nothing about it. Yeah, I mean, they can say it's it's vandalism or something like mm-hmm. that. But I mean, also transparently, a lot of our community, myself included, have intersectional identities. I'm Jewish. There are 2,000 Jews in the whole state of Arkansas. Right. There are 50 Jews on campus. And so when there are swastikas drawn, when there, when someone uh, tells one of my students that they, one of my Jewish students that they uh, are an oven dodger, like wow. let's talk there. Like you are telling a queer, per- a queer Jewish person. There's a few of us. There's a few queer Jews. Um, but you're. <laughs> The environment is just so different um, between here and other places. And in a lot of ways, it's really wonderful. Like we've got the mountains here and we've got that natural state going for us. And in a lot of ways, it's real tough. Um, we don't have the kind of diversity that we do that we have in other places. We don't have the, the luxury of people going into spaces where there's more of other people like them, right? Like there is safety in numbers. Um, We don't experience a lot of safety in a lot of different ways on campus. I'm not sure if any of that made sense. You can edit out whatever fuck you want. (laughs) No. No, Yeah, yeah, it's making sense. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Exactly. 100%. At least someone is. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how do you feel like that makes other students feel, like, within the community here on campus? They feel ignored. Mm -hmm. They feel absolutely ignored. They feel, and I don't want to speak for every single queer person on campus. I work with a lot of them, and the feeling is... Even if I speak up, no one's gonna give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Even if I tell someone, no one's gonna care. And we've got like resources on campus. We've got a Title IX office. We've got all these things, but they're used to such treatment as like second-class students that mm-hmm. they're 
a lot of a lot of them are just defeated at this point. Like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Or for folks that are in uh, systems that oftentimes reproduce heteronormativity, so think of Greek life that also reproduces whiteness in a lot of ways. Like, there's a lot of levels to it. When we're talking about those institutions, you don't see trans men in fraternities. You don't. You barely see trans women in sororities. We're talking about active exclusion, and then within those communities. Queerness is not the norm. You are supposed to pick, if you're in a sorority, you're supposed to pick a boy to go to a dance with. If you're in a fraternity, you're supposed to pick a girl to go to a dance with. Those are their formals, those yes. are their institutions. Right. They enshrine gender, they reproduce gender norms, they reproduce sexual uh, like sexual norms. They reproduce a lot of these things. And who has money and power on campus? You've got athletes, which tend to be more homophobic environments, um, that kind of machismo locker room culture, so to speak. And there's statistics to prove this. I'm not, I don't know them off the top of my head, but we've got spaces where our queer students are actively told that they're, they don't belong. Mm-hmm. And then when we do have spaces, there's like what, balloons? And then you get some, pardon my language, I'm not gonna say that word. Um, you get some yahoos who are, who think that it's okay to shout slurs, who think that it's okay to make jokes, um, quote unquote. And no wonder our students don't want to speak about the experiences that they're having. What are they supposed to say if you have, even when it comes to uh, sexual assault, right? We know that rates of sexual violence yeah. are significantly higher for our LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, they really are. Also higher homelessness rates, higher suicide, like lots and lots of intersecting like shit storms for our queer community. And we talk about like, oh, well, why do they feel that way? Like, where are they welcome? And someone's like, you guys always have your special stuff. Special treatment is when I have beer bottles thrown in my head because I went on a date with a woman within two months of being here. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm single, I'm gonna go on a date. Mm -hmm. And I had a beer bottle thrown in my head on Dixon. Yeah. yeah, it's cigarette butts being thrown at people. That wasn't my experience, but that was someone else's. Mm-hmm. It's homophobic slurs. It's wondering when I'm on campus, if it, is it safe at the time I was dating a woman? Is it safe for me to hold her hand? Is it safe for me to give her a kiss? Is it safe? All these other things that straight folks can oftentimes take for granted, yeah. like the ability to hold your significant other's hand without having to look over your shoulder, the ability to go to graduation. And like a graduation, what do they oftentimes do? There's a proposal every once in a while, and it's so special. Oh, no, yeah. We don't have that, which I think, don't do that to a woman. Let her earn her damn degree, and then <laughs> like, don't take that away from her. But, like, the kiss cam, right? Think about, like, just basic spaces like that. I mean, yeah. not all queer folks want to go to sporting events. I'm one of them. I don't want to go, but that's me and my business. But it's, like, nice but, like, to have the option. Yeah, like, they're never going to show me and my girlfriend on the TV. Like, even if we're looking, like, stereotypically, like, lesbian couple-looking, they're not gonna put us on the kiss cam. They're not gonna put two. They're not gonna put two random dudes. Like maybe they're best friends. Like no, maybe maybe they're fucking. Maybe they're lovers. Maybe they're all these other yeah. things. Yes, they're not roommates. They're not roommates. <laughs> That's not your best friend. It's not any of that. No, we're but, together. Like so, when when folks are like, well, why do you need lavender graduation? Why the fuck don't we need lavender graduation? We don't have spaces that are carved out for us. There are straight spaces everywhere. We're asking for one space, and right. we claim it. Yeah, that's. I think that's fair. They get everything else, and why not take one thing back or right. something new? And there's nothing wrong with that. And I mean, mm-hmm. I think about it in a way as like, like you said, the statistics are so high for the LGBTQ community. Like they have higher mental illness rates. It's like imagine having mental illness, being brown, and then being queer, and being like uh, in a, like a STEM career 
or being like any career in general, it's already like you have so many things stacked against you. Mm-hmm. Let God forbid you're a woman, and then it's like <laughs> yeah, or someone like, undocumented. Yeah. So I mean, like we think about all these kinds of things, these intersecting things. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh no no, I'm saying like yeah. Like, oh okay, no, 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 I yeah, thought I you're good. You. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, now it's my turn. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like when we talk about interse- intersectionality, is so so important, and the idea of kind of like our overlapping circles, right? And if we've got, if we're, I'm mentally drawing a Venn diagram here, and we've got these co-incentric overlapping circles, where's the space for you in the middle of that when everything is taking just a little bit more? Like mm-hmm. it's my religious identity, and I don't have support for that. It's the fact that I don't have faith in. Or like if someone is like, I don't have a religious practice in the state of Arkansas, that in and of itself can mean that you're kind of ostracized from certain spaces and you carve away and say, well, not this and not this. And it's kind of like, you know, the game, um, guess who? Mm -hmm. And you just knock them all down and then there's one left. And like, how are you supposed to be your own entire support system? That's real fucking hard. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You can't just lean on yourself. When it comes to certain things like that, you want to have people around you who identify with you or identify with some of the things that you identify with. So someone you who is like you. Exactly. Because it's it's hard talking to someone who doesn't identify as you. Like, you can talk to them all day long and they may understand They're never going to get it, though. Yeah, but they will never fully understand exactly all that you're going through. And it's like, when you want that person that goes through the same thing as you, it brings everybody together. Yeah, like, Miss Mosley Mons, when I was in my queer theory class, Miss Mosley Mons, who uh, is one of the direct or one, I don't know her official title. I should, though. Um, and she works at the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion on right. campus. And she came in and talked to us about how when she was here at the university, they had a floor of the student union that was all for black students. And she's like, and that's the only place that I could go where I feel like I could actually let my hair down. Like, mm-hmm. I could actually breathe. I could actually, like, just be around people and not have to worry about anything. Just, mm-hmm. like, I can be my authentic self. Eat. She's like, I didn't care if I was eating lunch or just talking to friends or just, like, doing nothing. I had that space where I knew that I could be my authentic self. And I want that for everyone. Do you feel like eventually the campus will grow large enough to where the community can have their own space here on campus? You want my honest answer? I mean, throw it out there. It's a podcast. Right. It's it's all your opinion. Like, I'm hopeful and I'm also really saddened by a lot of what's going on. Like, I think that the university operates largely in a bubble. So like in theory, there should be a space for LGBTQ plus students. Mm-hmm. However, even within the LGBTQ plus community, we've got folks who don't believe that trans folks are deserved to like, that they're real people or that like trans folks are deserved to be considered the gender that they, that they transition to. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've certainly got issues like that. My larger concern is the state legislature. Um, I worry that when, if we have an LGBTQ plus space, I'm going to want gender inclusive restrooms, but we can't call them gender inclusive. We can only call them single occupancy restrooms. Mm-hmm. If that's on a political statement, I don't know what it is. We can't label, like we're having debates about what we can label a bathroom as. A bathroom. Mm-hmm. And someone's like, you know, the first gender neutral bathroom, a lake. <laughs> Get it? No. Everybody pees in the lake. Well, yeah. Oh, I was like, but yeah. Um. I, was I like, think some wait. people say pool, but that sounds grosser to me. <laughs> it was definitely pool. It was, was definitely it? Pool. Yeah, yeah, someone called it the OG gender inclusive restroom, so. Oh my God. Sorry, that was a horribly delivered joke. <laughs> no, I was butcher. No, 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 no. I've never heard of that before, but no, I tell totally the Alphabet Mafia, I'm just teaching you all the things. I swear to God, I'm like, yeah, um, yeah, I know what Alphabet Mafia was. Yeah, just like today. 
<laughs> I was a day years old when I learned. I don't know if it's super common. I'm also not cool at all, so. I think no. it is common. I had heard of it. Okay, okay. Yeah. But I mean, I, I guess uh, it's, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, I mean, at least like some people are willing to open to learn about it. Cause I mean, I'm not gonna say like, I don't wanna know what that is. Like, no, like that's super, super ignorant. Like I wanna know what it is so I can at least be supportive because I feel like- Be an ally, be yeah. what you need to be. I think it all comes down to where people try to treat the community as if they're disgusting. Because at the end of the day, Everybody is human. Everybody or as came if out they're of... accessories. Yeah. Everybody... Or as if everyone is entitled to know about their sex lives. One of the most common questions that I get asked as a bisexual woman is, do you want to, like, threesome? Like, the first question within <laughs> seconds. And I posted on bi-visibility last year. Mm-hmm. My poor father had to read this Facebook post. But I was like, please, for the love of God, do not ask me, like, within two seconds of meeting me if I've had a threesome. If I ask yeah. a straight, If I ask a straight person and, like, you tell me you're straight, am I supposed to say... Have you ever had like a twosome? Like it sounds weird. Yeah, it's yeah. Just don't ask nothing like it's that. It's weird. Like don't ask trans people about if they've had the surgery. Like just basic yeah. things. The same way that I think it's inappropriate if you go up to a pregnant woman and start like rubbing her belly. Like yeah. yes. you don't go up to a dude and just like rub his genitals. Like do not yeah. go up to people and invade their private space exactly. like that. Like if someone confides in you or tells you, that's different. Yeah. One of the issues that we face here in Arkansas, especially in in a lot of different places, is that. There's a really strong religious presence, and unfortunately, a lot of the religious institutions here believe that homosexuality is a, is a sin. And not only that, but they will send kids to conversion therapy camp. And conversion therapy has been proven to only do one thing, and that is to increase suicide rates of LGBTQ right. community. Um, some have referred to them as death camps, which is it's haunting. But I understand why they're saying those kinds of things. And so it's tough when you can't preference one's identity over another, right? So if someone has a religious identity, OEOC, the on-campus, lets us know a lot of times that it's a tough area between you have to respect someone's religious beliefs, and if they tend to, if they're ultra-conservative, then you have to do what you can to accommodate that, while at the same time understanding that LGBTQ plus folks want to be able to use the restroom in peace. There's very few incidents of sexual violence perpetrated by LGBTQ plus folks in bathrooms, but there are tremendous amounts and astronomical rates of violence perpetrated against LGBTQ plus folks in restrooms. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, I mean, I get a kick out of it when it's an ultra conservative white man who gets in trouble for sleeping with a boy or having a bathroom, like a, a skip, whatever you call it. They go do stuff in a bathroom. Yeah. And it's incredibly hypocritical, but all that back to your earlier question, which I, snowballed so far from <laughs> do i think that there's going to be an lgbt plus space on campus i've heard rumors that there might be and i think that would be awesome mm-hmm. i think it's an it's going to be telling how they choose to do it right are they putting money where their mouth is are they going to be relying on the free labor of a lot of students and a lot of grad students and a lot of faculty who are donating their time energy and labor on a topic that is incredibly personal to a lot of people or are they going to compensate someone and compensate them appropriately and adequately to fill that role to be that person for the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to like circle back to like when you say being in Arkansas, because of course we know it's the South. And I feel like it's such a big issue, not just for the state of Arkansas, but for Mississippi and Alabama and Texas and all the others. And I like, mean, here there's people from like the, those surroundings. Mm-hmm. Exactly, who have those very hard beliefs, who are Christians themselves. I'm like, I don't want to accept that. I'm going to treat them differently. Like I said, it's a sin. But it's like, how can you 
claim to love whoever your higher power is so much. Um, you read the Bible or you read whatever you read and then you take bits and pieces from it and use it against Cherry them. Cherry pick. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, at the end of the day, everybody is human. You're supposed to treat humans all the same with respect and with dignity, but then you go out and you do these heinous acts and treat them horribly because just because somebody is a part of that community does not mean it's an open invitation to be like, hey, I can throw a beer at your beer bottle at your head, throw cigarette butts at you. No. Tell you you can't get married, tell you that you can't adopt children, tell you that you are not allowed to use a certain restroom, that you are not allowed to get uh, to get the kind of medical care that you need. I mean, so, so many things. You can't join a club. You can't. Yeah. You can't join a sorority. Yeah. You can't. I mean, and, and we don't always think about these kinds of things because so much of our society is catered towards folks that fit traditional identities and it's it's really tough within a southern environment where folks are more conservative we know that like politically and oftentimes that means that folks are raised in homes where they are told homosexuality is a sin and the word homosexuality did not did not enter the english like the uh, an english bible mm-hmm. until 1946 the word homosexuality like if you look back at the old editions there's a great project 1946 project that talks about how scripture has been interpreted and oftentimes to a lot of folks misinterpreted. Um, and, and I'm not a biblical scholar, but the work that they've done on the 1946 project is really, really interesting. Um, and why, if the Bible says no intermixing fabrics 11 times, why are we wearing the clothes that we're wearing now? Like we're, we're only supposed to have them of a certain fabric. We're not supposed to cut certain parts of our hair. We're not supposed to get tattoos. And there's a lot of folks that have cross tattoos on them and I'm not like it is not my place to judge them it is not my place to tell anyone what they can and can't do with their body who they can love and all I'm asking is that they don't do the same for us right yeah it's just human respect it's just plain and simple. it costs zero dollars not to be an asshole zero dollars yeah. literally none like you just have like how do you go to sleep at night just judge somebody else but like also like how does it affect like how does it affect them when they're actively yeah. protesting our basic rights when they are saying families first what is families first about not let I mean how many kids are in the foster care system? Over 650,000 kids are either in the foster care system or waiting to be adopted. Yeah, We're and then letting... by not allowing uh, two gay loving parents to adopt them, you're taking parents away from them. Exactly. More kids die in the system than they would die if uh, if gay parents adopted them or if uh, like a queer relationship came and was like, hey, I would like to have children, and they just tell you no. And then that, that child goes yeah. and he starves in the system mm-hmm. and he dies. And it's just like, you could have prevented all of that. But you chose because at the end of the day, you didn't. You don't pick life. You're not pro-life. You're just against yeah. what. Yeah, it's it's interesting that that folks will choose to be pro-life unless that kid is LGBT plus, mm-hmm. unless that kid is brown, black, unless that kid has any is not a white cis Christian man. Like right. it's really interesting, like where our understandings of that come into. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day. Like, let's talk about the sanctity of marriage. Like, that's something that folks talk about a lot. It's like, well, you're ruining the sanctity of marriage. Are we, though? The divorce rate's 50%. Y'all straights need to clean it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, if, like you said, if it doesn't bother you, then why are you going out of your way to harm somebody else? If it doesn't affect your paycheck, it don't affect how you sleep in, if the lights are on, if it's food in your mouth, and, and what's this? Clothes on your body. <laughs> how does it truly affect you? Like, how are you missing sleep? Like, you're just wasting so much more energy taunting them or speaking about it than just minding your own business. 
And we know that folks are in support. It's just when it comes down to voting and some legislatures, mm -hmm. some legislators and some folks who, I mean, term limits, right? Like letting, letting generations speak for themselves. I think that's an important uh, part of our judicial system that we right now don't have term limits. Someone can be 84 years old and Still in Congress. Be, and like, yeah. how many 84 year olds are they representing versus our generation? And I'm not saying like kick everybody out, but we should talk about like, how long do you want to be in this position? How long yeah. can you effectively do your job? I can't effectively do a job for four, for 40 years. I can barely effectively do a job for four minutes. Level. I mean, like, exactly. it's just. I agree. I think that it's something that we need to talk about also because it's yeah. just like, you can vote until the day that you die. You mm -hmm. could be on your deathbed and still vote. And it's like, why do you get to make decisions based on like your old ways of thinking that are going to affect generations that are no longer yours? That you already have like no say in anymore. Like if you're 99 and you vote in an election, it's just like, are you really voting for what's best for the country? Or are you voting for what's best for your, like the last three months of your life? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's really tough when we see um, people's like basic rights and like basic dignity, like dignity to a quality of life as political talking points. I mean, critical, they're teaching critical race theory. I took critical race theory as an elective in a PhD program. They are not teaching critical race theory to second graders. That is not happening. It's just not happening. The same way that they're like, trans kids are trying to join. Do you know how many trans kids are just trying to survive? Like. They're not, like, yes, there are some that are trying to get onto sports teams, as they should be allowed to do. <clears throat> However, they're making mountains out of, right now, molehills. They are yeah. taking not even, I mean, in Florida, there was not a single case of a trans student trying to get onto an athletic team in pre-high pre school, in any public schools. And yet, a lot of taxpayer money went into an anti-trans bill, where now, Florida, who has the largest concentration of sex offenders in, of any U.S. state, fun right. fact, um, high school coaches can look at kids' genitals without reason. If they suspect, well, I guess they do have to have a reason. If they suspect that they might not be in accordance with their gender, mm -hmm. how many fucking pedophiles do you think are gonna are gonna use that? I'm not worried about our. I'm not worried about oh, queer students are gonna look in the locker room or like so. I'm worried about straight dudes attacking like kids of people and power. Mm -hmm. Like, and so when we when we focus on these niche social issues that are that really are more complex than they're being represented as, but they're hot button social issues. Everybody's got to get behind them. And like, they're trying to take over sports. What next? They're going to want like basic human dignity. I mean, it's, it's frustrating and it's sad um, because it detracts from the reality of the situation, which is going, someone going through second puberty is really tough. Um, someone re waking up every single day, re like feeling like they hate themselves like they can't live in their skin and i'm a cisgender woman i don't know what it's like to live in trans skin i do know what it's like to hold someone's hand as they sob violently because the mirror is not showing them the same love that they feel or that they're trying to desperately feel and why would i go out of my way to make that harder it's already real fucking hard to exist in any kind of marginalized skin for someone to go out of their way to do that we're not coming after things that they want. We're not coming after their institution of marriage. We're not saying that you don't get this. We're asking for basic things like the minimum to the be bare, like the bare everyone else. Minimum. Mm -hmm. And they say, "Oh, you've got this special treat." Like, let's talk about special treatment. Like, I'm happy to talk about special treatment. I've received a lot of it, but not in the ways that they think. Mm -hmm. I don't 
get the same access to spaces. I don't get the same access to, um, like, if I wanted to have a wedding, there are places that would not allow me to have my wedding there. Yes. If I choose to marry a woman, Mm -hmm. right? It's hard enough to find a dang girlfriend in this area. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, as a single woman, it is really hard to find women. It is really hard to find queer folks around here. Right. Mm-hmm. Who wants to come move to Arkansas when they know what the reality is to live right. here? It's pretty tough, yeah. Yeah. Anybody under, like you said, in the marginalized community is tough. It is tough. It's real tough. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and like part of it is our community isn't always outwardly visible. Mm-hmm. So like, sure, I can say, okay, I bet she's a lesbian. But like, I don't know. And it takes a lot of work to be able to feel comfortable enough to even find someone to to kind of have that conversation. And okay, sorry, I'm rambling. Next question. No, you're, <laughs> you're completely fine. Look, we usually Please go ramble. for like an hour and something. You can speak for as long as you need. Yeah, because this is—I mean, this is for the students on this campus. Because exactly, because there might be someone out there right now who's listening and is like oh, now I want to join Lavender Society. Now I want mm-hmm. to, you know... Stand with others. Yeah. With the, with the common goal, for sure. And, and there, I, like, are other RSOs, but it's just, like, they're more specific to certain things, whereas, like, I feel like Lavender Society is more uh, open to, like, wider ranges. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that um, in the College of Engineering, we have OSTEM, and mm-hmm. that's, like, the society of, like, queer engineers. Yep. But it's, mm-hmm. but it's nice. like... Awesome. yep. Yeah. They're really cool. Yeah, but it's like, it's more, uh, a lot of people are like, oh, I can't join OSTEM because I'm not an engineering major or like, I'm not a STEM major. Mm -hmm. And so that like deters a lot of people from things like that. So go ahead, like speak all that you need to. Lavender Society, a cool part is that we are also intentionally created for grad students as well. So Mm -hmm. I'm a grad student, Um, I'm 25 newly. Um, But there are spaces that are dedicated to our undergrad students, but for our grad students, our grad student population looks different and they don't always i mean like pride is a really incredible undergraduate rso that i encourage everyone to check out we i've been to events with them and there's more allies there and lavender society is really not intended for allies our allies are incredibly important but our allies get a lot of support in other ways that our queer community doesn't specifically so we tried to, I mean, we had a queer beer event with our grad students over the summer. Um, we went to Black Apple Crossing and we just like sat around and we're just like gay in public together. And like that in and of itself was wonderful. Um, knowing that like I could take my girlfriend out to a place and I didn't have to worry about anyone saying like, oh, who's this? Is that your friend? Like, no, it's my girlfriend. And I can say that publicly and it felt so fucking good. Right. Like, oh, look at me. It's so cute. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's not enough intentional spaces, um, and it's it's sad, um, but yeah. So, like, what do you want to happen on campus? Like, what do you want to see change now? I mean, like, of course, it can happen overnight, but what would you like to see the change? My goal is to make every straight person queer. Please, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's a thing. Like, one thing I do want to talk. Like, one of my goals for the campus is for people to stop assuming that every queer person wants to fuck them or wants to like have some kind of relationship with them Mm -hmm. like i don't know how to break this to the streets but like they're not as attractive as they think that they are (laughs) like with all due respect like we do have state like there's there's a smaller dating pool of us surely but like we tend to be attracted to qualities within our own community i mean like we're attracted to people within our own community for a reason Mm -hmm. 
And straight folks are like, well, I'm fine with someone being gay as long as they, they don't, don't pull nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? No one's like, no, like, mm-mm. You know like, that you got it for. Sorry, but Chad Apple Pie, like, those khakis are not doing it for anyone. <laughs> like, I'm real sorry, but like, you straight folks who think, it just, for folks to think that everything has to revolve around them, I think is is a natural response, right? Like we're all individuals, we see the world through our own lens, but straight folks really get uncomfortable about like, they're an ally until someone says, okay, show up to an event with me and don't tell anyone that you're my friend. Mm -hmm. Like you could be there as my partner, you could be there as not, like show up. Like, mm -hmm. And folks are not willing to be in those uncomfortable positions. And I don't want anyone to put themselves in an uncomfortable position. I truly don't. I do want folks, we have a phrase in Yiddish, uh, it's a loving compassion. Um, we want them to have some understanding that it's not about them. They're the same way that their love story, like their relationship with their partner or their partners is not mine. And I, I want nothing to do with that. I want to celebrate it. Sure, invite me to the wedding. Like, cool, I'll be there. I'll be the flower girl. Um, <laughs> but like that love story has nothing to do with me and shouldn't have anything to do with me right um what i'd like to see on campus which is the original thing <laughs> um i guess i'm a little cynical at this point um because what i'd like to see is for our lgbtq students to feel loved and belong and I know that unfortunately that's such a radical idea I know radical have. idea like <laughs> everyone should be allowed to feel safe I mean on our housing forums like for example gender inclusive housing we've pushed that through ASG through resident inter hall congress RIC mm -hmm. we've had that resolution passed through three mm -hmm. times through them through graduate student professional congress we have passed it through ASG our students have very clearly said we want gender inclusive housing mm -hmm. which means like we didn't specify what exactly it needed to be but like essentially give us a floor have an RA that is friendly to the community and let folks self-decide, like self-elect, I want to be in this housing community. Mm -hmm. And it's gone up the chain and it's kind of stayed there. Like our mm -hmm. student governments have said, this is what we want. Mm -hmm. And I, it has not happened. I don't know specifically what levers of power have not operated for it to make it happen. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking equal, like equality or basic equality, mm -hmm. Our LGBTQ plus students do not have the luxury of going back to a place where they feel safe right. to sleep. They don't know if there are folks who don't come out their freshman year because they don't know if their roommate if their roommate's homophobic. Mm -hmm. All they know is that their roommate grew up shooting a bunch of guns, and not to stereotype here, but this is I'm sharing a narrative of a student. And roommate grew up with a bunch of guns, goes home every break to shoot a bunch of guns, um, has a Blue Lives Matter flag, um, doesn't say any like hasn't said anything explicitly homophobic. But like, you think that this person feels comfortable telling their roommate that they're gay right. based on like, again, stereotypes here, a thousand percent. I'm painting with a broad brush. That student didn't feel comfortable coming out. And also kind of to circle back to what we talked about earlier, it's that burden of explaining it. Like, how do you explain that? You shouldn't have to, you should be able to just come back, take off your pants, just like everybody else and relax. Like you should have that space. So what's the alternative? Well, then you have to go into single occupancy housing. Folks want a roommate. Like it doesn't mean yeah, that our queer students are antisocial. Yeah. <laughs> it also means that those those uh, single dorms are more expensive. Mm -hmm. So our queer students who are already potentially at uh, more finance or have potentially less financial stability, you're going to tell them that your only option is to room by yourself. And so the solution like for yeah, for and it, they yeah. say that if you know, like by a certain time in the semester, if you don't find a roommate, you're going to have to pay the rates of a single room. 
Right. So the solution to homophobia is make queer students pay more. Mm -hmm. Instead of like actually building tolerance on campus, our solution is to sequester and isolate people. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a real fucking great idea, right? Sounds perfect. I've never heard anything better, honestly. Yeah, I mean, instead of like actually taking away the people who have, <laughs> right. not even taking them away, but in, I'd even be fine if, if there was a question on the housing form that said, are you comfortable rooming with an LGBTQ plus person? If they say no, don't then put them don't fucking put near my students. Yeah. I don't want my students getting hate crimes. Like, yeah. and we shouldn't have the verb hate crimes. Like, we shouldn't have that as a phrase, but we're basic, like basic equity to be able to walk from your dorm, which you're required to live on campus your first year. Yeah. And one in ten students are LGBTQ plus. So holy I, shit! It's twenty nine thousand students. Uh huh. So and how, yeah. And we can't get. Like I'm not asking. I'm not saying every. I'm not saying that they need a rainbow and a parade and a this and a that. I'm saying give them access to housing mm-hmm. where they feel safe if they so choose to self-elect in there. And that is such a and Adohi was hashed. And it, yeah, it's just so easy, difference. so easy remember, to just throw in there. Do you remember Adohi Hall? How that gorgeous space was built and how half the building went unused. What? Oh yeah. What? They have said that Adohi is one of the most financial disasters that has happened on this campus mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's it was so expensive to build mm-hmm. and they couldn't fill all everything. And they were telling us that there's no space for your queer students. Well, yeah. I, again, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but also I'm not involved in those conversations. I don't have a seat at that table. If I did, it would be a different story. But we've kind of done what we've we've done what we've been able to do. Mm-hmm. We don't know who the board of, like, well, we do know who the board of trustees are. We are, we're not able to meet with them. Right. The board of trustees is appointed by the governor, who, again, exists mm. within the state as a super, as with a Republican supermajority, where even if the governor vetoes something, like he did with the trans, with the anti-trans bill, mm-hmm. he vetoed that after meeting a trans person for the first time 30 minutes before that decision. Whole clock. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Take a moment for that one. Um, and on top of that... The, like, we don't have access to the board of trustees. We do know who they're appointed by. We can take a guess kind of what their leanings are. Yeah. And the reality is belonging on campus. Mm-hmm. How are students supposed to feel like they belong when they're, I mean, what spaces are they given for that yeah. in housing? You can do as many events as you want, but until people feel safe in their own sleeping environments, mm-hmm. that's a vulnerable time when you're freaking right. sleeping. Yeah. Gotta keep going. Anything open. happen. Yeah. And as a campus, we can't keep pushing how every student should feel safe if we're not just doing the basic things, like asking a simple question like that. Because if every student wants to be safe, then the universe would do everything so every student could feel safe. And where if, let's say, if you had these strong beliefs that you don't want to be around anybody in that community, fine. You can go do that. In away from if, people exactly. who do. If I don't want to room with a dude, I don't have to room with you a dude. Don't they to. don't want me rooming with a dude. That's However, if one of if, one, if any of our other students don't want to room with a dude, I mean, I wouldn't blame them. Dude, be smelly. Like if there was a funny meme that went around, if you've ever slept on a straight man's sheets, don't worry about what's in the vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're welcome yeah. for that one. Um, yeah. It, yeah. I don't know where we're going with that one, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. your housing situation should be up to you, and it's like the only choice that you have besides that is like go live off campus. But you can't do that freshman year, right? You have to. You can't do that freshman year, and then what's our solution? We're gonna outsource it, like go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Because then if they can't afford to be in a single dorm on campus, you think half these people can afford to live on apartments off campus? Like, let's talk about it. How Where they right have people. to pay for the transportation. Exactly. You have to find a way to get to school. You got to find a way to pay for your utilities. Some some apartments, you got to get your own furniture. And mostly all the apartments are increasing when it comes to rent. Like, I was telling you last week, my rent is increasing to seven fifty one. Do you live mm. by yourself? No. Live in a four-bedroom. So do I. Your rent? My rent right now is five nineteen, and so is hers. And next year it's gonna uh, gonna be seven. Everyone's room increases that much. Yeah. And you would think Fuck it's like a hundred dollars, but it's like no. Yes, yeah, another two hundred something dollars. It's like that's like not a that's not like a oh twenty dollars like twenty dollars more like that is that is a very large difference. And it's like just for a mounted TV, a new couch, and some chairs. Mm. But it's like with all the apartments, like a lot of apartments for a two bedroom is like eight hundred and something dollars. So what do you end up doing? You end up you end up pushing the you end up pushing the marginalized folks into potentially more and more dangerous situations. Exactly, because right. then, then you have themselves. to find like the find... different places where it's going to be cheaper. Exactly. And so then it's just like, oh, I guess I'll go live it in this you, part of town. It takes mm-hmm. you further and further away from what we consider the bubble, the safer area around campus. And right. so, sure, some students want to live, quote unquote, out in the boonies. But for a lot of our very visibly like, for a lot of our students who feel very visible. Exactly, mm-hmm. we're brown. Yeah, mm-hmm. like. Do y'all want to go live in Harrison? Not Harrison, that's way too far. But like, you're not, I mean like, what, is, what was I trying to think of? What's nearby? Farmington? Like, yeah. and I know Farmington, like Farmington has the reputation it does as like a Fayetteville kind of place, but I also know students who have been called homophobic slurs in the Walmart parking lot there. Wow. And, and again, you have to invest more money into getting to campus, getting more effort, more time and everything. And it's just like, that's what you're doing. I mean, Fayetteville's gentrifying, that's directly impacting our student population. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about any of these issues, like the queer issues are very much so interlinked to um, the justice and the, and the they're linked to so many other issues as well. Like we can't have queer liberation until we have black liberation. We can't have queer liberation until we have um, Latinx liberation. We can't have any of these things until we're not minority communities constantly fighting each other for the same space. Like mm-hmm. we shouldn't have to say like in they shouldn't we shouldn't be fighting for basic scraps. What ends up happening is they'll say like diversity fund like we're gonna give you this diversity money, and then that gets divided up into all the marginalized groups. And so what ends up happening? We want some of it. We want, and we're fighting for those kind of scraps instead of it realizing that like white frats are getting a lot of fucking money. Like mm-hmm. they're building a new sports thing. They're I don't know what they're doing over there, but like. They never seem to bat an eye when it's money for things like that. But when it comes to money that they want to help and that they put out vision statements for, where's the money then? It's all recruitment. I mean, they put a lot of money into recruitment. Mm-hmm. And then what happens when what happens when students actually get here? Mm-hmm. What happens when a student of when a student of color comes here and realizes they're LGBTQ plus? Like we've had students who have a, a serious crisis of faith and identity, specifically within. Um, are black LGBTQ plus students who come from churches that are not LGBTQ plus uh, inclusive mm-hmm. and then they come to campus and it's tough for them and they feel like they have to pick a lane. They have to either have to pick the black community or the queer community and it shouldn't have to be like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I am not equipped to deal with those things, but I, I try to help your best. the aftermath yeah. of it. Like, it's not my place to go into a black to a black space or a black church and say, you should change. Like, not my place. Right. What I can do is love folks unconditionally and let them know, like, mm-hmm. when you're with us, you do not have to choose between your identities. We want you here. We want you here in your most authentic self. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't get queer liberation until 
every person within our queer community of every color, size, shape, and ability mm-hmm. is able to live happily, safely, peacefully. Right. And some students, they don't, like you said, they grow up in these certain communities. They don't get that support. So they're coming here on campus to try to gain that support as much as they can. Like, I know when I came, I leaned on the ODI office so, so much. It was like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I know if I go in that office, I'm straight. Or like some other Miss students. Miss Ella's going to take care of you. Like, I mean, but you know, like you walk yeah. into certain spaces, you go into the MC. Like, exactly. There are spaces where like, you don't have to know anybody, but they're going to take care of you. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, can we get a, sometimes like, okay, can we get a little more? Can we continue to grow? Do we have to be so stagnant for these long years? Like, what exactly is going to change? But at least now we can be grateful for what we have now but it's like as we're you can let be me, grateful and let me not say more i'm yeah like, like i don't mean to say I want that, but more. Like, you could be grateful all you want i'm still gonna be but it's like yeah <laughs> like where is the where is more gonna come from how much are we going to progress with this like if we keep spewing out that yeah we are diverse we include everybody and because you money where your mouth is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. How no, much more absolutely. can we do? And people are like, well, what is accountability? Well, I, they, I was in a listening session the other day, and they're like, well, what does accountability look like? I'm like, well, we keep giving promotions to people who have said very homophobic things, who have mm-hmm. been quoted like saying very racist things, like on camera, on mic, on their social media, like what have you. We keep giving them promotions, and we keep exploiting the labor of our minority communities who are putting in the work to try to combat this. Let's talk about money dynamics there. Like, let's stop promoting people who say things that directly undermine student safety on campus. That makes nobody feel safe at that point. Yeah. It's like, it's just a slap in the face. Someone's like, oh, you should feel fine with this. I'm like, Black at UARC tweeted tweeted that, like, this guy was a racist. I don't feel comfortable with him as a queer person. Mm -hmm. The same way, like, I should, I mean, most people who know that someone has spewed uh, anti-minority anything is not going to feel safe with them. Someone's like, you as a Jewish person should feel fine with the Klan. I'm like, they don't fucking like Jews. Like, what? what the fuck are you talking about? They're like, the Confederate flag shouldn't bother you. I'm like, first off, serious? it bothers me as a human. Second off, they fucking hate Jews. Third off, Literally. like, let's, like, why the fuck? <laughs> I was like, oh, just because they say they're a part of this one group, that does not mean that they do not hate these other groups. They're, yeah, they just say, like, no, this is our only tar-. No, it's no. not. <laughs> like, the Nazis didn't just target Jews. Like, the Jews were the primary target, but uh, folks of color, folks with different ability statuses, Romanis, I mean, like, when we talk about hate, and the reason why we really have to teach inclusion at a young age, like the same way I need I need folks to teach consent at an earlier age. Hey, Jeez. do you want to high five your uncle? Cool. You don't want to? He's weird? Cool. Understood. I'm not uh-huh. going to force you to like, I'm not going to like push my kid to mm-hmm. do that kind of shit. Exactly. Like, Give your grandma a kiss on the cheek. Not it's like, good. no, her beard's a little rough today. I don't want to <laughs> do it. Like, I mean. Not the beard. The reality <laughs> is when we talk about these things, like a kid see. They're banning books with two gay penguin dads. Like, mm-hmm. it's such bullshit. No one's going to see that and be like, oh, yeah, I want to be a penguin now. It's going to be like, okay, I know that that's okay. I grew up as a queer person in, an, in a progressive area. I didn't know I was queer until I was 22. I was like, I'm a really good ally. I just hook up with women every once in a while. I'm like, I'm a really good ally. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm part of this community. But I never knew that that was an option. Even though my parents introduced me to queer folks, mm-hmm. even though like I, I grew up in an area that would have been otherwise supportive, that was a journey that I had to make on my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's incredibly important that we give students the ability and the autonomy to make those kinds of self-discoveries and realizing, okay, I grew up in this environment and someone else who grew up in that same environment actually was told something different from the pulpit. Like maybe someone grew up in a really non-inclusive church and then they come to campus and they find a really inclusive church. There's a lot, like wonderful. 
I don't even, I really don't remember what that original topic was. Honestly, I don't remember either. But like, I'm enjoying <laughs> it. Like, I mean, I'm just talking. Like, exactly. No, but you're you're hitting every point that needs to be said. It's enough. just a. Yeah. It's such a broad a topic. Mess. Yeah, that really has to be addressed on campus for change to come. I agree. And so I want to ask you, like, what do you need to do to join Lavender Society? Would you like to tell people, like, how you can get involved right. and everything? Um, you can email me. Uh, we don't have any social media because I'm not on Instagram. And if, one of my, yeah, I know, I'm not on Instagram or Snapchat. It's been great for my mental health. So they can they can email me. T, uh, my name's Toby Klein. It should pop up in Outlook or tlklein, K-L-E-I-N, at uark.edu. Um, otherwise, we are on Hogsync, Lavender Society. They can find us there. Um, they can email our advisor, Ryan Calabretta Sager. He's a professor in both gender studies and Italian. Um, we are working on a social media presence. I don't do social media <laughs> and, like well at all, so hopefully we'll find someone who will. That was loud. Right. <laughs> um, they can come to our events. We post them through Newswire. If anyone's listening to this before November 23rd, they can come to our LGBTQ plus dinner, Thanksgiving dinner. They don't have to be LGBTQ plus to come. And also like to anyone that's straight that's listening, it's okay if someone thinks that you're queer. Like there are worse things to be called than you being LGBTQ plus. And the more that you make that an issue, the more that it tells people that it's not okay to be part of that community. Like when you say, I'm not gay, but like no homo, or I don't think people say no homo anymore. Do they still say that shit? Sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, that's weird. Like, <laughs> they're like, be okay with that. Like say my partner instead of my girlfriend, my boyfriend, like give people space to be more authentically themselves. There is nothing, if you firmly believe that there is nothing wrong with being LGBTQ+, then you should be fine, or not you should, then I'd hope that you would be okay with embracing a moment of potential uncomfortability if someone misreads you as a part of the community, um, because our queer students oftentimes don't have that luxury. Mm -hmm. And we need our allies to make it a, a, a bigger, and a bigger and wider space for us. And if we hear other people saying partner, then I can say partner and nobody knows that I'm talking about a woman or a man. Mm -hmm. If we all do like these basic things, respecting people's pronouns, respecting things like that. Yeah. The original question was how can they get involved? Was how can they contact Lavender Society? They can email me and I promise to talk last to them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to say like before we end, it just, it costs zero dollars to simply mind your business. It's not that hard. If you don't like them, fine. But you don't have to step out of your way to bully them, harass them, anything. You don't have to do that. So just stay in college, your lane. College is hard enough. Literally. Yes. It's beating everybody up right now. College is hard enough. And I know that this last, the last few weeks have been really rough for a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. um, and for our community, um, especially around the holidays, we see suicide rates within the LGBTQ plus community go up astronomically around the holidays. And a lot of that's because of the families that they don't have or the families that they do have that are not supportive. Mm -hmm. And as folks head home for the holidays, I hope that they'll take a moment to think about our community and how safety might not be a luxury for them. Right. Right. So hard hitting. Oh. All the feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Lay it out for you. Where's the music in the background? <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Y'all heard it here first. We want to thank Toby for being here and sharing her experiences. If you want to be a guest on our show, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Podcast and shoot us a DM or click the link in our bio. 
And thank you so much. That has been the end of season one. And we are so grateful for you guys who listened to us. And, and we're even more grateful for our guests. Of course, of course. But catch us for season two. Thank you. Bye.